Welcome to Illumination by Modern Campus, the leading podcast focused on transformation and change in the higher education space. On today's episode, we speak with Kristen Vancello, who is Assistant Vice President of Innovation Education and Partnerships at Florida Gulf Coast University. Kristen and podcast host Amrita Lawalia discuss the importance of employer involvement and partnerships and how to expand your reach beyond your typical learner audience. Kristen, welcome to the Illumination Podcast. So glad to be chatting with you. Thank you. I am so pleased to be here. You know, it's it's actually I'm I'm excited we're talking about uh, FGCU's uh, micro credential portfolio because it's it's a bit of a follow up for us. A, a few years ago, we worked with a colleague of yours uh, who is now in the presidency uh, at the institution, and I think it really speaks to the broader strategy or the the broader mindset institution wide around the importance of micro credentialing, the importance of workforce education. What sparked the university's interest in expanding its portfolio of micro-credentials? Thank you so much for the question and absolutely for the recognition of our leader at Florida <laughs> Gulf Coast University, Dr. Asha Goldtimor. Um, you know, when she joined our institution, she had this audacious goal of really looking at ways that we could prepare our students for the workforce and build that t- that talent pipeline between our university and the regional employers. And so the initial successes that we experienced in some of our digital badges and micro-credential programs really has led to the expansion. Um, one of our first examples was working with Arthrex, a global leader in the medical device industry. And as we developed a solution to encourage and, and increase the awareness of our students about the opportunities right there in our backyard, other employers came forward to say, well, well, we want a badge. You know, we want to do this yeah. too. So how can we work together in order to do that? That's awesome. I, I love the concept of almost, I mean, I'm not going to say Corporate first is not the term, but really like almost a demand-based strategy for for developing micro-credentials and for developing programming. I do want to talk a little bit about the ins and outs of building those partnerships, but I'm curious about the... What what goes into the decision framework around what you're going to work on, who you're going to work mm-hmm. with, and why? Is it aligned with areas that the university already has expertise in? Or generally speaking, uh, when, a, when an employer comes to you, is the strategy to then build expertise in that space and offer a program? Great questions. You know, we are really a regional comprehensive institution serving Southwest Florida. So it's important to us that not only in our academic programs, but also in anything we do in this new space, including creating new micro-credential opportunities leading to the award of digital badges, that it be regional of regional importance. So to that end, you know, we offer programs in education, in health-related areas, in engineering, in business, um, in all of the the traditional arts and sciences areas. And we have a water school because Mm. we're focused on, you know, quality of water within Southwest Florida and throughout the state of Florida. Um, We have a strong hospitality program because of where we're located within the country. So I say all that because everything we do should really be um, an area where we have faculty expertise at the institution. So when we've had these wonderful conversations with our employers, that's where the conversation starts. You know, we want to know what skills gaps they're seeing not only in their workforce, but potentially in the graduates of FGCU, who mm-hmm. we believe we're preparing very well for taking employment in a, in a variety of different disciplines and areas within the region. But we are hearing that there are still skills gaps. And so it's so important that that conversation begin with the employer, because this is all about student success. Mm-hmm. This is all about them getting to that goal that they have, whether that's going right 
right into the workforce or continuing their education or going back to a family business or starting their own business. Um, And so we're really, really intentional at working with the employers, but then we have the faculty expertise to match with that and to really look at how can we do something above and beyond what we're already doing to fill that need. Well, that's awesome because it it really starts to speak to how how does the university extend its reach beyond the learners that we've always served as an industry? How do, mm-hmm. how do we take that expertise and start to apply it to new spaces? What did it take to really start to build those employer partnerships? Because obviously an employer will have very different expectations around maybe their, their level of service or the level of responsiveness or, or the work of the institution than, than a traditional student might have. What, what did it take to build that muscle memory? You know, we really have been intentional as an institution, especially under the the leadership of our president, to be present, you know, to be involved in our chambers of commerce, to be involved on advisory committees, to represent our our institution with the employers. We also have extremely robust advisory committees um, for all of our academic program areas. So we have employers at the table already. It's having those um, honest and open conversations about not only what are we doing you know, from the academic side, but what can we do to be even stronger. Mm-hmm. Without that, that forceful, um, the forceful perspective of changing curriculum or changing the way that we teach right. the, the research and the, you know, what we need to have in that curriculum for a quality degree, this is how can we kind of shift that thinking to say, what, what can we do that's a quicker um, response to those employers that is nimble, that is flexible, that doesn't have a two-year curriculum process, perhaps, that will guide it, um, so that we can really integrate what is critically needed now into our programming for our students. And they see the value of it. You know, it's hard sometimes to get students um, to take that optional. Yes. Um, you, when you're talking about a, a, an undergrad student and even a graduate student who's really focused on what do I need to complete my program, it's hard to, to encourage them to do something extra. But it hasn't been hard in this area because of our model. We've found a way to really identify where do we have courses or series of courses that are giving many, many, many of these skills to the students and introducing them to the content? And how can we add something above and beyond that where they can demonstrate that they have the competency, they have the skill? And then even further, how can we validate that that skill is, is closing the gap. Mm-hmm. Well, we validate it by allowing the employers and inviting the employers into the assessment process for cool. the and, for the and, not for the coursework, yeah. but for what comes after. That's really interesting. So are the micro-credentials then built on, on, a, on a competency framework? They sure are. How did you guys build your, your competency framework? Were there models that, that you looked at elsewhere? Did you, is it something you built internally? You know, it really was something that we built internally. You know, some of the, the key players out there that were doing work in micro-credential space, you know, really sparked um, the initiative. It really sparked the creativity of our president. Mm-hmm. And she really wanted us to focus on how can we make these intentional, but not in a way that it's going to create... Um, a lack of confidence or trust with our faculty and with our academic partners across the campus. How can we build that trust between the employer and the faculty? And so it was really about, we're not going to put this into our curriculum, but we're going to have it enhance our curriculum. We're going to have it be our and. You know, it's something that's optional for students, but as time has gone by, more and more are taking advantage of that opportunity. And I can return to that medical device industry example for you. Um, Back when we started these initiatives and these discussions and piloted some things in 2020, 
we had about 40 of our graduates employed by Arthrex. Mm-hmm. They have 7,000 employees in Southwest Florida. Right. Um, they, they really wanted to strengthen that pipeline because they don't just hire medical device technicians. They, they hire surgeons. They hire right. physicians. They hire communications experts. They hire instructional technologists. They want marketing professionals, HR professionals. They even have a boutique, boutique hotel <laughs> and restaurant on their campus. So they want every graduate of FGCU. And so because of our building of awareness of those employment opportunities with that regional employer that has such an important global presence we have increased with with their partnership our graduates to 500 or more that are now working for arthrex four years later oh wow three years later really we're not in 2024 yet yeah, fair enough <laughs> <laughs> so you know we have more and more students that are opting to take a course to learn more about medical device industry that applies towards their degree programs mm-hmm. it's open to every student on our campus and then wow. once they go through the course there are qualifiers um, they have to earn a grade of B or better in order to even pursue the micro credential so after they go through right. the course which is assessed you know that the student learning outcomes are created assessed by our faculty once the students have mastered those outcomes they can opt in so it's what comes after it's the plus so then we have students go through a three-part assessment so the first is just recall of knowledge do they Mm -hmm. know enough about the industry that they should proceed then they they complete a comprehensive research paper that they they pick one of the products from this employer and they do the research on why was it important for them to develop a new way of of improving surgery on athletes who need, you know, a shoulder replacement. Sure. Um, so then that, and the reason for that is that the employer wants to have folks on their team that have the ability to research and have the ability to write. So that is, you know, a mechanism for us to be able to provide confidence mm-hmm. and that that competence is met. And so that is still graded by faculty at FGCU. But then that third assessment is where they come in. And there is an oral presentation that's provided to leaders at Arthrex along with employees that would be their, you know, their colleagues sure. um, and faculty and administration from our institution. So it's a little bit great grueling, you know, for the students, (laughs) not every student is going to earn that badge. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a fall off in every one of those different assessments. But at the very end of the day, Arthrex guarantees them an interview. Right. So that is something that we've been able to continue to model as we've looked at professional sales, as we've created um, a micro-credential in data analytics and revenue management in the tourism industry, the travel oh, industry. Fascinating. Yep. They, they get guaranteed interviews with our partner Hertz. Um, and then we also have um, some programs in emotional intelligence that Neogenomics, uh, another global employer with a headquartered area right by us, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted to give a gift back to Southwest Florida to say, even though we may not employ all of these students, it is so important that they have empathy, that they act with kindness, that they have a higher level of emotional intelligence than we typically may see right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, and so they've sponsored a course and digital badge um, for students that would like to really be able to apply that learning to an employer. That's really interesting. I think what strikes me the most is how there's very intentional assessments designed both around technical skills and durable skills. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we have a tendency to signal durable skills and assess technical skills. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that there's there's a very intentional approach to, to really assessing and understanding how well someone communicates, how well someone researches as as a core component of of the actual credential process. Absolutely. 
Um, I am curious about the, the learners that enroll in these programs. Mm -hmm. Like, when you think about these credentials, are they largely seen as, as a mechanism to support ongoing corporate training? Are they seen as uh, an approach, and we've already talked about this a little bit, to build employability for degree-seeking students, or as sort of an alternate pathway for non-traditional mm -hmm. students who might not be able to enroll in a full degree program? All of the above. Yeah. And so, you know, we have three different types of micro-credentials that we have launched at FGCU. So the one I've been talking a little bit more about today with you is our industry-specific model. And mm -hmm. that's where we really do attach those micro-credential experiences to courses that we offer both at the undergraduate or graduate level. Um, but that, so those are really designed more for a student, you know, sure. for a student to get a credential that might lead to employment before they ever graduate or upon graduation, mm -hmm. depending on where they are in their academic program. Uh, but we also have a very intense transferable skills um, digital badge category. And we've aligned those digital badges for our undergraduate students, but we've aligned them with the NACE competencies, so the National Association oh, yeah. of Colleges and Employers. And so we've looked at things like, like critical thinking, mm -hmm. oral communication, written communication, teamwork, leadership, technical literacy. Those are important skills that our employers are looking for. But what we notice is that students, while they've engaged in so many examples of, of applying those transferable skills, of even mastering those transferable skills, they don't remember to talk about it and close that gap right. with, with the employers. And so what we've done is create a two-step portfolio building process where the student really collects artifacts of, of examples of where they've done these things, you know, in their classes, outside of their classes, co-curricular activities, internships, externships, service learning experiences, mm -hmm. so that they can build a portfolio of maybe the five best artifacts that show their teamwork, their ability to be a, a contributing member of a team. And then we have them write a reflection and talk about it. And so they're talking about, okay, I did master this. Oh, when I was in this course, you know, we, we did a group project and it was challenging, but our outcome was that we had this an, an amazing project that we were able to present to our community partner. Um, and then what we have them do once we know that they've really created a great artifact based portfolio, we have them practice interviewing about it. So that's step two, where they really participate in a mock interview. Um, sometimes we do that over Zoom or another platform so that we can get them used to that because that will likely be a way that they have their first interview. Mm -hmm. We have them over a phone. We, we bring employers to the, the institution to have those interviews one-on-one -on -one with students. And the outcome, once they've successfully spoken about that transferable skill is that they get that badge. And you know, we do what we love about that is that our employers are looking for those badges now. They're they're ready to see them on student profiles on LinkedIn and elsewhere so that they can see, okay, I want to see the students that actually did this and learn yeah. more about it. So as you've educated employers in your region about the process of developing the micro credential the employers are now looking for micro-credentials as signals of employability. You got it. And what's ironic is that we had an external marketing company come in and take a look at the brand awareness. You mm -hmm. know, our students aware, our employers aware, our faculty and staff aware. How can they describe these initiatives? The employers were able to describe it more than any of our internal folks at the university. <laughs> so we realized, okay, we need to do a better job of talking about this with our students, with yeah. our faculty and staff. But the employers are like, I know exactly what a digital badge from FGCU stands. Yeah. For. So that's super interesting because that's when, whenever we talk about micro-credentialing, we talk about the critique of micro-credentialing, mm -hmm. so often what comes up is, you know, it's a great concept, but employers have no idea what these things are. So all 
you know, if the whole point is that we're trying to replace the degree as a signal of competency, then micro-credentials aren't doing much more. But to your mind, as long as you're actually engaging employers in the development process right off the start, then their understanding of micro-credentials will expand beyond even what's internal. I could not say it better. That's really neat. Have you found that even employers, like does that understanding of the value of micro-credentials for employers in your area expand beyond just the employers you've partnered with? It does. You know, going back to one of my first comments, you know, there are other employers coming coming to us and saying, well, how can we do this now? Huh. You know, how can we yeah. be involved in, you know, even mock interviews with our students? So we've really expanded that network for, for internships for mm -hmm. our students, um, for the mock interview process that we have on campus, um, getting them involved in more professional development activities before they ever graduate. But you did ask the question, about how we're serving learners in our community. Because when, when we said something about corporate education, it does kind of follow that model in terms of how can we provide continuing education opportunities for upskilling, mm -hmm. reskilling, development of employees um, where they don't have an internal department already doing those things. So that is a huge commitment. That's the third type of digital badge that we right. have. And it's really extremely intentional. Um, I'd love to share that, you know, we don't develop programs because we think they are going to um, accomplish the, the workforce development. Mm -hmm. We listen to the employer and we create it around their needs. And so, you know, that, that concept of we build it, they will come. We flip that model. It's yeah. you tell us what you need. And then we know that they will endorse that for their own employees. Um, but also what's become magical is that we might develop something along with an employer. And I'll use a health example. One of our largest employers in the region, Lee Health, has 14,000 employees. They have issues sometimes with retention, especially at that entry level. And so they wanted to create this readiness, this workforce readiness opportunity for their employees. So they understand the culture. They understand the values of the leadership. They understand that they believe in their employees, invest in their development, and that there will be opportunities for growth, regardless of where they are in the organization. So long story short, we created this credential around their needs, involved the leaders um, in developing that content and delivering that content. And now they've had um, groups of employees go through that and they're really getting um, opportunities for mobility right there mm -hmm. in, that, in their organization. But flipping that, flipping that aside, we never intended for that to become something they wanted our students to also participate in. So they said, please make this available to your students. Like if the students want to graduate and work for Lee Health, it's not just those clinical health yeah. um, positions that we are in dire need of filling. It's someone to work with the patients on the front end. It's someone who can help us, you know, in terms of helping them understand the processes, the procedures, always improving what we do. Um, you know, they again are places that look at hospitality, look at their food right. service needs, you know, other jobs. And so they would love for our students to also pursue this credential, even though it's not one aligned with curriculum, it's completely voluntary, but they will guarantee an interview to any student who does that proactively upon graduation who applies for a job. We're also taking it out into the community because they said, why stop there? Right. You know, we have members of this community that we would love to employ, but we want them to know more about our, our organization, about our expectations, about our culture, so that it's not a surprise. Right. And when they go through that and then they apply for a job, we will interview them. That's really interesting. So are you finding to an extent then that this work is helping to reposition or at least more firmly position the university as, as a, 
almost a service provider to the community. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we want to be known as that regional solution for educational needs at all levels. Um, one, one partnership that I must mention is that of Future Makers Coalition. We are Future Makers, and Future Makers Coalition is a collective impact um, aligned with a nonprofit in our region where more than 250 employers, community partners, school districts, universities and colleges are coming together to talk about you know the real need of focusing on cradle to career in mm-hmm. our region and how can we align not only those workforce needs along the way but the educational opportunities that support them and and will allow us to grow you know what we need in order to focus on cradle to career right. so as a future maker we've really been able to build very trusting relationships with those 250 organizations community partners Partners. We're, we're part of this together. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not in this just for our institution. We're in this for the region. And that's been a wonderful way for us to engage with those with those partners in our community. One, one thing I'm always curious about in with innovations like this is whether there is a distinct role in how the university approaches it and how the local college appro- approaches it. Like mm-hmm. How are you balancing um, initiatives around workforce development that are unique to what the university can provide um, and what, you know, where's the intersection between the university and the college? You know, we have a, a great relationship with our closest state college, and many of our um, initiatives are aligned so that we can open it up to their student population oh, as well. Yeah. And so, you know, even the the course embedded model that we have for those industry specific, we really encourage and promote those enrollment opportunities to their students, whether they're on a degree pathway for an associate level degree or a baccalaureate level degree, so that they can. Can get that same opportunity with that employer partner you mm-hmm. know because if they don't have their own solutions or networks we want to expand that within the region um, but we we complement one another's programs you know what they're doing in the workforce space is very different than our approach to working with our employers and preparing our students through that pipeline but we work collaboratively we work together absolutely well, I am curious. You know, when anytime we talk about micro credentialing, and, and certainly you know, we uh, we collaborated with with Upsio and research a few years ago around uh, the strategy of, of micro credentialing and the benefit of micro credentialing, and we found that the majority of respondents spoke to the alignment of of micro credentialing offerings with uh, enrollment increases, with revenue increases. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing that at, at FGCU? You know, it's a great question because what we've been very proud of is that we have not had any cost to our students mm-hmm. in order to participate in these programs. We have honestly had faculty that have expressed an interest in doing this work and doing it without even additional compensation in some cases. Oh, wow. Um, which is, you know, it's 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 a testament to their um their level of support and they really want to engage with these employers as yeah. well they'd love for all of their students to to be hired by our regional employers if yeah. this is where they want it's to a live real and work. mission oriented yes place. it is yeah. and so you know we haven't focused so much on revenue when it comes to you know the the transferable skills for example and the industry specific digital badges the revenue side for us is in the continuing education space but right now we happen to be one of the good jobs challenge grant recipients um, here in the united States. And we have received grant funding to offset the cost of developing these initiatives. And so, you know, I I firmly believe that we need those employers to trust that what we're building is going to meet their needs before they should be investing their own resources in it. 
And so the sustainability conversations are underway and they're committed um, because they know that whatever the cost is for us to deliver these programs into perpetuity, Mm -hmm. they really are standing behind because we're involving them in the development and delivery. Um, So in terms of enrollment growth, you know, we're we're sharing these wonderful opportunities with parents in any of our recruitment events and and the way that we talk with them about, you know, if, if the end goal for the student or the parent is we want them to get a good job, we know that the college education is not supposed to just prepare them for work, but it should be helping prepare them for those opportunities. And so we really are committed to doing that and making that, you know, our revenue, um, the revenue that we receive is honestly enough just to offset the cost of, of delivering the programs. It's a commitment that we've made. Absolutely. Well, Kristen, I mean, that's pretty much uh, every, everything I had and, and more. Um, now, we're, uh, and I forgot to mention this off the top, we're, we're in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. uh, together at the UPSI Acro Convergence Conference. But uh, this is the stage of the, the podcast where, where we kind of flip over and we stop being a higher ed podcast and we start being a food podcast. Oh, so great. I'm curious, mm-hmm. if someone's in Fort Myers, where do they need to go for dinner? Well, I'll tell you, we've got a lot of hidden gems. Um, and I'd like to mention two, if that's okay. Please. Okay, because I can't, I can't choose just one. <laughs> but the first that I'd love to mention, it's Nino's Thick and Thin Pizzeria. It is the best homemade Italian food that you could ever have. And it is nestled um, right in Fort Myers. And so I, I absolutely highly recommend it. And if you come to visit, I'll take you there for a meal. But so, I also would be remiss if I did not mention um, our hometown of Fort Myers Beach. Um, it is an area that unfortunately was impacted quite, you know, just catastrophically mm-hmm. by Hurricane Ian just one, just over a year ago. Yeah. And so there are so many independently owned restaurants there that have had to rebuild. And so I have to give a shout out to Moms. Moms is the best um, to go for any breakfast or lunch, homemade everything. And they're operating from a food truck once again. Oh, so awesome. you can still get it if you come to Fort Myers Beach. Kristen, mm-hmm. thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. This podcast is made possible by a partnership between Modern Campus and The Evolution. The Modern Campus engagement platform powers solutions for non-traditional student management, web content management, catalog and curriculum management, student engagement and development, conversational text messaging, career pathways, and campus maps and virtual tours. The result? Innovative institutions can create learner-to-earner life cycle that engages modern learners for life while providing modern administrators with the tools needed to streamline workflows and drive high efficiency. To learn more and to find out how to modernize your campus, visit moderncampus.com. That's moderncampus.com.